Welcome to TLC for the Soul podcast, where soul meets spirit. You have entered into sacred space. I'm your host, Tammy Lynn Chambers, and I'm here to help you shine. Now let's get going on this podcast journey. Hello, friends. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode. I don't know what this is calling. I'm calling it (laughs) Sunday Stories. So much goes on here on our little Sunday morning chats. If you're a new listener or watcher, subscriber, (laughs) podcast family member, then I welcome you in. Sit back, relax, and I'll tell you how we vibe here. The TLC tribe. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. We continue today with our progression of channelings and spirit-filled information. Um, as, we, as I kind of will get into here what we're going to talk about this morning. It's morning for me anyway when I record this. I usually record these on Sunday mornings. Before we do that, you know the drill. You choose how you want to listen. You can sit back and relax and see if you like the energy of our podcast family. You can choose to take your listening experience an octave higher as I wrap us all in love light and light love. Inviting in the spirit guides who would like to join me around this sacred fire story circle. Specifically calling in the Pleiadians. I have Archangel Metatron, Archangel Haniel here with me. And you can choose to take your listening experience an octave higher. And invite in your own guides, totems, wisdom keepers, medicine folk. Whoever it is that you work with in your spiritual practice daily life, because to me that's all the same thing. My spiritual practice and my daily life are the same thing. Where to start today? So we're here to read the second part of Root Beer Float. Now for those of you that are new, we have quite a few new people hanging around the podcast family. So I want to share just quickly, um, since this is kind of the best form for that, just quickly um, how this works. You've joined the family. Um, think of it like, don't think of it like, (laughs) think of it like fairies around the fairy ring, um, (laughs) or people around a drum circle. But if you've joined the family, what we do here is like I said, a progression. It's kind of how all my work work, all my work works. But for this month, we are working with the Pleiadians as our spirit helpers also with the spirit animal the deer which is coming up in many forms throughout our work this month 
and the podcast takes on different series throughout the month. So we have the energy update at the beginning of the month. So if you haven't heard July's, it was very kind of weird. <laughs> it was very weird. You can go back and listen to it. These are all um, in sequential order in the podcast or if you're on YouTube, because we have a lot of new people on YouTube, there's a recent uploads on the my channel page. You can um, check it out there. If you're on Spotify, I have playlists for these things. Or again, you can scroll back. I have a lot of people on Spotify. It's a progression. So it starts with the energy story. Then we did, um, what did we do? Oh, we did Freaky Fridays this past Friday. Um, those are videos where we flip the script on the podcast. And usually there's cards involved because I am also an artist and I design and create all my own Oracle decks. So I just use those for um, different topics that come up for our Freaky Fridays. So this past Friday, we've been working with the energy of the scavenger hunt and the treasure map from June. So we progressed from June. <clears throat> that happened in our Sisters for the Sword. So Sisters for the Sword is another series we have going on the podcast for the Divine Feminine. And then we also have um, a Divine Masculine series, Divine Masculine SOS where we do work with the Divine Masculine. We also have a Shaman's Drum series where we do um, shamanic healing. So many series, I don't even know. I just draw off of the energies of what I'm feeling in the moment and bring those forth in whatever podcast series. We work with Star Seeds. We're doing more Star Seed stuff just overall rather than specific episodes for Star Seeds. And you may have noticed if you're a returning listener, I've been bringing in more light language into each episode. So <clears throat> if you choose to, you get that activation every time. Light language just spews forth. It's not uncontrollable. For those of you who are new, I'm just not uncontrollably walking around speaking light language all the time. It does come out more frequently though. So in the scavenger hunt, we're working with the, I had found three objects of I'll link this in the show notes, the scavenger hunt episode, but I found three objects. I don't want to belabor it too much because returning listeners are like, oh, we have to go through this every single time. But we're working with the energy of the blue ball, which is the first key. So key number one, key code activation number one. So this came out last Friday, a few days ago. I recorded that, that episode, that video. So if you haven't seen that, you can go back to the previous episode and you can hear all about what's all about the blue ball. But it's been showing up now. It's significant to me. It represents the Pleiadians and the Pleiadian energy. And in the scavenger hunt, and this is a good time now, if you've already done the scavenger hunt and you have your three objects, to get your first object out and kind of sit with it as you're listening to this episode. Because it's, I'm telling you guys, it's continuing to build on top of each other. So in the energy story from Friday, the very first thing at the beginning of the podcast, we, I channeled in a story, so I'm also an author. I write a bunch of channeled fiction. You can read all of my eBooks for free at Smashwords, which is all the links of everything I talk about are in the show notes and the show description of these episodes. So you can go find that. You can read all my eBooks for free. If you feel like you want a paperback copy, all of them are not in paperback right now. Um, a good chunk of them are um, over on Amazon and a few on Barnes and Noble. But um, we channeled in a story and it was talking about the white hind and the buck and Cassandra, who, you know, it was so funny when I wrote that story, I do have to say, because this is also like our fireside chat, like our coffee, coffee talk, um, just chatting with you guys too about current events and what's going on. Um, 
when I channeled that story, I kept getting, um, I, Spirit kept wanting me to write Cassandra Nightingale. And I was like, I can't write Cassandra Nightingale because she's already a character. In another series, the, the Good Witch series, which I love the Good Witch series. It's a Hallmark. If you guys, heard, there's guys listening, they're probably like, not the Hallmark channel. But anyway, for you, for you Divine Feminine, I shouldn't just say guys, Divine Masculine. Um, then over on the Hallmark channel, there's the Good Witch. Oh, these are my friends. I might have to talk to them. Hold on. It's a little family coming. Oh, she's going on a walk. Um, <laughs> you're walking. Okay, so they're not coming by. But it's a little family. It's a guy and a dog and a little girl. She's super cute. Um, so they live right by me. And anyway, oh, wait. It's a, it's a development in the story. Oh, you guys. Hold on, I have to talk about this development. It is the family. Oh, I really love them. They're super cool. But it's the family who I said had three but big dogs bigger than mine, and they never walked the dogs. Okay, you guys, I'm telling you, stuff starts happening when we start thinking about it, that they never walked the dogs. Well, they're walking the dog right now. Holy crap. Hopefully, they're taking each one out individually. And maybe they're just picking one, like, picking straws, like, dog number one, you get to go today. But it's a start. Okay, so they're walking the dogs. That makes me feel really good. Because those three dogs never seem to get any exercise. So, <laughs> oh crap, see? Just like a kid. Oh wait, the, the Pleiadians are bringing in child. So they wanted me to write Cassandra Nightingale and the Good Witch came up. So the Good Witch came up for some of you, like if you really want like a feel good witchy story. I just love, cause I love her. But anyway, so they wanted me to write Cassandra Nightingale as the character, as the persona. I guess it's more persona. You guys are not characters. You know, I believe all these are energies or archetypes that come from somewhere. And so, um, I put Cassandra instead, but in my heart, it was like the energy of the good witch. Right, she's really good and pure and childlike and innocent, and everybody in the town like hates her <laughs> until they come to know her. That's a really good story. Um, at least the first one. Okay, I digress. Get these guys to keep me on track. So there was a hind, a white hind, which is very druidic, and a buck, and they called it a buck and not a stag. <laughs> A white buck, a buck looking on in that story, and Cassandra and the blue ball came into the story, and the Pleiadians came in, and we went and we did a card reading as part of that video or that podcast episode, and it was all about um, finding the magic within, and it was like fairies and elves on the card, and that magic resides within all of us. And then all weekend, I've been getting messages about inner child stuff. Um, and just me personally, I really like to... Remember, this is not just about the story Root Beer Float. It all plays into Root Beer Float. So if you're going like, when is she going to get your Root Beer Float and the bringers of the light? This all, everything we do on the podcast builds upon each other. So all the things I'm telling you have relevance. And if you're plugged in and you're listening with your master ears and your master eyes... Um, then you'll kind of see how all these things start to fit together. So, I don't want to lose focus because they're distracting me a little bit. Hold on, I have to walk. Child's play. Yes. 
I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going into child's play. So it's it's going to come up in root beer float is where, where we're going with this. So keep me on track, you guys. <laughs> it's going to come up because of what happens in this story. So root beer float, we're following Abigail and Dakar. They're going to Oakwood from Rockaway Point. And stuff has been happening. They haven't even gotten to Oakwood yet. I don't know how many chapters they've been trying to get there. And in this particular channeling, this chapter, and it's one long chapter this time that we're going to read here in a minute, a lot of darkness started coming into the chapter. So all weekend, I've been pulled into inner child stuff. And for me, as a child, um, this is where I was going with this, you know, I didn't get to be like a, well, let's just put it, not that I didn't get to be, I didn't let myself be a kid, like, pretty much the whole entire time. <laughs> like, even when I was little, I felt like I have to be grown up. So this happens to us old souls who come in with a lot of past life baggage and who... <laughs> who feel like, you know, they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders. You've got this really heavy, like, mission you think that you are here for, like, a soul mission, but you're taking it all so seriously. Old souls are kind of like, let's just get on with it and get the job done. Um, And so you may have that mindset, and you forget how to be more innocent and playful. And so that's where the Pleiadians have come in for me. For my first key activation was to bring out more of the inner child and more of the kid that I didn't let myself be when I was, well, maybe all the way up until now. (laughs) Or, you know, recently, as I start to open up to that more. Um, and so, you know, I've been watching, like, I always love to watch, like, on Netflix, like, kind of more, like, young adult stuff, or young, what is it called? Yeah, like, young adult stuff. Like, I'm watching the Babysitter's Club now. I mean, that's so for kids. I like, you know, Never Have I Ever, those kind of, um, I love that one so much, the Indian family. So, those kind of things. So, I'm letting myself watch that stuff, because I didn't, when I was young, gosh, when I was younger, I was, like, so serious. You know, and you get into school and all the like AP classes and blah blah, blah honor student and blah blah blah. Um, and so this is divine masculine and divine feminine alike, not just you know divine feminine. So as I was channeling this root bear float story this time, a lot of darkness was coming in, and I always get a little worried. So this is this is relevant too. So everything's relevant. I don't have to say it's relevant. But I always get a little worried when the darkness comes into my books, especially like Thunder Rose Collection, if any of you are Thunder Rose Collection fans. Um, the Screech scared me a lot. So I am kind of in a way like that kid who has to like cover their eyes at the movies when some of the scary stuff comes out. And I didn't used to be that way. I used to be, oh my God, you guys, in my 20s, I was really bad. I used to watch heavy um, oh, I didn't want to talk about it. She didn't get a, hey, she it was really like bad stuff, like, um, phases of death and stuff like, or those really bad videos. Um, because I hung around somebody who was kind of into that kind of stuff. But anyway, so I'm a reformed non-childlike kid. I don't know. <laughs> so I updated my Instagram profile and I said, I'm an inner child rejuvenator. That's part of my profile bio now. Because I'm, I'm here to help you guys. I think that is part of the magic of the blue ball for me. Is all of my work has 
this inner child quality about it or, or magical quality about it. So I will share a story. I will put something out there and then we will read the, read the story. I don't want to go too long because I know you guys, okay, we're at 15 minutes. So The darkness came in to the story. <laughs> There's something going on in the mental body today because my thoughts are like all over the place. All right, get grounded. Um, darkness came in and I got a little scared with this root beer float. And I was like, what is going on with this darkness? And and then, in, like for a few paragraphs, it was like darkness was coming in. I was like, this feels really dark. I'm getting a little scared. And every time I get scared of, of it, like I did when Polly Willikers <laughs> turned into a rat. Okay, if you read or if you heard Bringers of the Light, the very, was it the first one? Yes, with Count Mashar, where Polly turns into a rat and goes into the wall. I got really scared when I channeled that particular part. And my son had to like lighten it up for me. He's like, mom, this is not scary to blow, you know, whatever. He like, and then he had me laughing about it. So spirit was doing the same thing, right? It got kind of dark. And I was like, I don't know if I want this darkness and the bringers of the light. But I'm like, well, hell, that's what they're here to do. They're here to fight the darkness. There's going to have to be darkness that comes out. And then in the next couple of paragraphs, spirit like really lightened it up and kind of had me laughing and was bringing in like some humor. So when you're a kid, right? So there's always going to be darkness, you guys. All right. So I think as we get more um, serious or, or we come in with past life stuff, yeah, there was darkness that happened. Okay. Yes, we have to deal with it. We have to heal it. We're here to help eradicate it. But Friday's energy story when Cassandra was at the campfire site on her little retreat said that the only darkness that was here right now was the darkness that was within. So, oh, there's so many chills when I said that. So we're right now kind of fighting our own inner demons and battles and mind freaks about, you know, what's going on. And a lot of it comes up to be healed and, you know, released. So that is also work that we do, but we have to balance that out. We can't always be shadow working it all the time. Or heck, if I'm going to be shadow working it, I'm going to call it shadow working. If I'm going to be shadow working it, then I want to do it in a fun, playful way. So I have more exciting news to share about that soon. I have some really exciting offerings coming up for August, starting in August. Um, More to share with you on that, but um, just some examples of some people out there that I think kind of are in the same um, creative space that I am in terms of doing spiritual journey, spiritual enlightenment work or awakening work or whatever you want to call it and not making it be so serious. Our creative, is it Creative Dream Incubator? Yeah, Creative Dream Incubator. I love her. I, I don't know if that's the name of her website anymore. Oh my God, I'm so bad with names. I think it's creative. If you look at Creative Dream Incubator, you will definitely find her. She is amazing. I love her. Um, and she does all of her um, inner work stuff with, with her tribe through, like, child's play type stuff. So that's where I'm at. I'm totally vibing with that. Um, and I just expand on that with all of our offerings. So, okay, here's the call. And then I'll go into this story. So child's play. So trying to be more playful in my work and stuff and trying to be more like in the moment and in the flow. We talked about on Friday about being in the flow and staying present and that cool blessings come up when you stay present, right? 
So there's this Instagram I've been following for a little bit and I really was like vibing with his creative approach. I'm not going to name him, but he was really like, oh, I could, I could really creatively collab with this divine masculine. Like he's, he's somebody who I could really feel like if we were to do projects together and stuff like, oh, it'd be so fun. You know, I could just, I could see it all like laid out in front of me. And so he posted something on his Instagram. It was a picture of um, two people or whatever. And he's kind of like, what do you think the story is behind the, these people? Like, I don't know who they are. Just snap their photo or whatever. And what do you think the story is behind these two people? And I sat down and of course, yeah, I'm channeling and I'm an author and I'm used to that. But in like two minutes, I had written like a paragraph of this story. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. This is an amazing story. We could just really like expand on this and make it so cool. And so I tagged him back and I'm like, tag, you're it. Come on, keep the story going. And his response, what I, what I thought was like, okay, he's really creative. He's artsy. He's, you know, whatever. Like he's going to give me back like a really cool next paragraph or whatever. And then we can have this, the community, like keep, keep it going. His response was, well, I'll need about an hour and a coffee shop to finish to, to continue this story. And I was like, wah, wah, big X, not my collaborative partner at all. So that was so, and who knows, right? The dude could have been having like a bad day or whatever, but I was just like, okay, that spirit telling me like, that would not be your collaborative partner. So I am putting the call out there for a divine masculine collaborative partner for creative work. So this is not and I already told spirit and so I have to bring it up now because otherwise how else are you guys gonna know I have a lot of divine masculine that listen to this podcast almost half of my listeners are masculine energy um so this is um and let me be very clear I'm not talking about a romantic partnership or romantic relationship anything like that I'm talking about a creative collaborative partner this is someone who can match me or exceed me in vibration, who is looking to do fun stuff that does involve spiritual work. So it's like spiritual work and healing for people. You may already have your own channel or creative gig. I don't know who you are. I'm just leaving it kind of wide open. I don't want to box it in because spirits tells me like, you know, when I, when I box it in too much, and get too specific, then I don't let them have creative license with who they're calling in for this. But I will say that I am an author. I am trying to get more into music. I am working with animals through my um, energy healing work. Um, I am an artist looking to to expand. I am an author looking to expand my work. Um, At one point, I even considered And I still might write under a Divine Masculine pseudonym. I have that whole persona all ready to go. I even had started a book. And I was like, oh, let me just keep working under my name for now. Um, But I'm like, oh my God, there's so many fun, cool, creative projects. Um, There's a lot of energy work and um, new earth work that me and this Divine Masculine Collaborative Creative Partner could do together. So I'm just leaving it open to the universe, but I am putting it out there that if you have been, if you've been hanging around in the background, because in the energy story from last Friday, Cassandra, the white hind was there. The white hind is a divine feminine energy. And the story, the channeling did say, and when I typed it out, I was like, why are you guys telling me this? Like, I don't but it did say that there was a buck, a buck or a, a buck, we're calling it a buck, buck deer, looking on from kind of in the wings. So if you are a divine masculine who's kind of been scouting this podcast 
and saying like, wow, you know, same thing I said for this other person, like we could really do some cool collaborative partnership together. That would be so awesome. You know, then step forward. Like I'm not interviewing for this person. Like spirit is going to energetically, you know, ping you and you are intuitively going to know that you're the one that's supposed to contact me. That's how it's going to work. But I have to put it out there so folks hear this. So my email address is in all my show notes. I'm all over the interwebs. If you've been here for a while, it's kind of in the background. You already know me. You already know how to reach me. Um, This, uh, you know, so it's time to step forward now. So yay. I'm like super, super excited about that. I get really tired. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. Okay, they said this was coming. Um kind of tired of working by myself like it's fun but and I'm not talking about 24 7 we're gonna be collabing on stuff I mean you know I got others I got a whole other bunch of stuff going on and my days are super busy right now and so I'm talking about you know an hour or two a week and maybe some you know talk time in between that to kind of work on stuff I'm not talking about devoting your whole creative work to, to me but it is something that I am ready to invest some time in um, and I'm ready to um, work with. So Divine Feminines, sorry, I'm, not <laughs> I'm just really looking to work with a Divine Masculine energy right now. Because I know there's a lot of Divine Feminine that are kind of like, I want to work with you. Um, and I've had you step forward in the past and I'm kind of like, okay, just putting that aside and calling in a Divine Masculine energy right now. So thank you for that. All right, without further ado, I think I covered everything I wanted to cover, even though it seemed like I got there in a roundabout way. We're gonna bring up this story. Let me just find it here. And this is all playing into everything I've just talked about. And it's, and just so we're clear for you folks that are new. Um, these stories are also indicative of the current energy. So each chapter that channels in is kind of a significator of what's going on in the current energy when you hear the story. So it'd be just like getting a mini reading with cards, except we bring it forward in a channeled story. So this one, and then it all fits together at the end and it's a book and we put it out there and all of that good stuff. And you can read the whole thing for free. This one is chapter five. I think the numbers are also significant too. So we're working with the number five right now, this this time period until you hear the next episode. So let's drop in. So what we did before is we had Dakar finding Albi Chalmers, the blue ball, the Pleiadians led him there. So Dakar is like my perfect example. Like he's super strong, but this dang blue ball came up and he was supposed to go meet Abigail, but this blue ball came bouncing by this is like the perfect divide. This is somebody who I would want to collab with. I would totally collab with Zakar. So he saw the blue ball and rather than like, oh, dang it, I got to get to the airport. I'm going to miss my flight. He was like, I've got to follow this blue ball because I got to know where it's going. And so he followed the blue ball and he met up with all of these chummers from the Argyle Inn and um, found the Handbook de los Santos, which we don't know all of its magical inner workings yet. We're still trying to, it's a very mysterious book. But now they're trying to get to the airport because we do know that Abigail is waiting um, for Dakar. So Abigail is his divine counterpart. So now we drop into chapter five. It's rough. Albi wasn't sure what to make of Dakar. He knew 
that by the sheer fun of it, the handbook de los Santos had worked some magic to bring Dakar to it. There was, of course, unfinished business, but Albi felt more like the book was leading them somewhere, and it wasn't anywhere he had ever been before. He shrugged at the thought of the plane ride. He had been told that the United States was a very safe and interesting place if you wanted to explore all the spaces there, but Albi had a different idea in mind. There was someone there that he wanted to look up. This someone had intrigued him ever since he saw... Hold on, I'm sorry. There's like a bug flying up my nose. <laughs> okay, I could definitely know the Pleiadians are here. This was... This someone... Okay, stop. This someone had intrigued him ever since he saw her. No, it wasn't his fair Maggie. The one who in her demented state had tried to lure him to the dark. This person was beguiling and felt oh so familiar to him. He had toyed at the idea many times, the idea of hopping on a plane and going to her, hoping that she would somehow recognize him from lifetimes gone by. But of course that was foolish. Or was it? While Albi was considering his options, Dakar was hoping that Abigail would still be waiting. This little incident with Albi and the blue ball had taken him several hours off schedule. He hoped the plane was still waiting for them and that they could make it to their destination in time for the big welcome that had been planned. He already knew from his familiar what was going on in Oakwood. Dakar never went anywhere unknown without sending his familiar well in advance to scout out the area and the people he would be in contact with. Now Dakar is familiar with somewhat of a mysterious creature and is asked to remain anonymous for now. Maybe one day it would reveal itself. But for now, suffice it to say that it was capital O, one, capital B, bad, MF, capital M, capital F, one bad MF, his words, and not that of the channel. <laughs> I didn't say that. Dakar sent Abigail a quick, hey babe, in his mind, but got no response. She was probably upset that he was late. Oh well, he thought, more making up to do. Sometimes he felt that he was always making up for one transgression or another. He made a mental note to buy candy and that thong bikini and recalled that he was counting on Abigail actually making up with him. Abigail, on the other hand, could have at the moment cared less about thongs or lovers. She was absolutely certain about the eyes on her this time. And she could feel someone trying to connect into her mental energy. And it wasn't Dakar. His mental push always felt warm and welcome. This being was trying to get into her mind space and search around. She closed her eyes and created a strong shield with a dark black gate. She invited her most fierce guide, Mortimer, which, <laughs> sorry, I have to stop there because when I channeled this, I was getting scared already. I was like, what's going on here? And then the guide's name was kind of like Mortimer. But anyway, she invited her most fierce guide, Mortimer, to guard that gate and to seek and find the one trying to break through. Mortimer did not deal with niceties. He was not just Abigail's most fierce guide, but had been gifted to her by the Black Order of Knights. And this knight was not willing to listen first and get to know someone. If you were messing with his charge, then one's energy field could be severely distorted if Mortimer used his special shield and hammer to cause the distortion. I don't even know what he could do with that. I don't want to know. Mortimer could feel the energy. 
coming from the corner of the airport at the heart of gate number 21. So it's 21 significant. That's a three. So we've been dealing with the threes a lot. We have three keys coming, three key code activations, three keys, and now we're at gate 21, which breaks down to a three. Mortimer used his invisibility cloak to come in from the southern gate of the human's field of vision. And before Hans von Brichter could think twice, he felt an energetic claw around his throat. Tell me why you're here and what business you have with my mistress, Mortimer said, breaking through the small and energetically unsound cloak that Hans had used. Hans had underestimated Abigail. In her younger days, she had barely ever shielded her energy field, something that had left her vulnerable and open to being easily influenced by others' thoughts. Okay, message there for you guys that don't shield your energy at all. <laughs> Please start shielding yourself every day. I have plenty of resources on the podcast for how to do that. I'm not going to ask you twice, Mortimer growled and squeezed even tighter. She's an acquaintance of mine from back in the day, Hans said, feeling lightheaded now from the lack of oxygen. Well, how about you either get up and go say hello or get moving, Mortimer said, feeling that he could easily end this little cat and mouse game right now. He didn't need any reason other than the one that had put him in charge of Abigail at the cost of 200 pounds per day. Abigail. Oh, wait, Abigail, yeah. It's getting paid is basically... I don't know why. How can the spirit be getting paid? I don't know. He's mysterious. Dakar did not play. And with him being so deep underground, he needed to make sure that those he loved were expertly covered in case anything or anyone thought about revenge or retribution. Hans looked up from his paper, clearly distressed as he made direct eye contact with Abigail. She shivered at the gaze and immediately knew who this was. How and why had this old contact come back now? She wasn't sure. But Hycor, their boss, would definitely need to know about this for sure. Okay, you guys could have old contacts coming back into your life. Hans von Richter had been a promising young light agent, but had thrown it all away for the love of a dark magic woman. This priestess had been one to easily trick Hans and even had used her ancient wisdom and sexual arts to bring him to her side. One bite from Maggie Chalmers, she's back. One bite from Maggie Chalmers and Hans von Brichter had turned, pledged his love for her and the darkness before she even removed her teeth from his flesh. Now his beautiful Maggie had betrayed him and all her other consorts, and they had been left to fend for themselves at the hand of the higher order of the dark. This higher order had taken hold now in Rockaway Point and had lost one of its best agents with Count Mashar. The call had gone out for a new location to hole up in, and the call had been received by one Claudius of Oakwood. Oh, I love Claudius, who had invited the higher order to have a stay at his most recent hangout, the West End Coven and Brothel. Okay, you guys, I just have to break in here just quickly. Claudius is our vamp, our vampire from one of my most favorite podcast episodes ever back in late October, early November of the podcast of 2019, I think it was. Um, it's an episode called Soul Shift. If you haven't listened to it, then it's worth a scroll all the way back there to go listen to it. It's totally awesome. And you'll learn all about who Claudius is because he is going to be the star of our After Dark series that I'll be doing this month. Um, we're going to be bringing in some humor and some stuff. So you'll see Claudius isn't all bad um, as we get to know him a little bit 
better. So we have Claudius with the West End Coven and Brothel. Hans and several Hans, Hans, Hans and several other dark ones had made haste to Oakwood and had caused all manner of havoc and ill will amongst the muggle folk of the town. That was until Pinky and Maggie had come across one of Claudius's coven girls and struck up a conversation. It's funny what one can learn when hanging out at a nail bar. Drusilla B. had been getting a French manicure, and with way too much party punch in her from the grand opening of Girls Got Nails, had been going on and on about her new dark customers and her friend and hot lover, Claudius. The muggle women of Girls Got Nails took these stories at face value, but Maggie and Pinky, both getting a mani-pedi, knew better and had immediately felt that Drusilla was up to no good along with all her coven friends. And such was the call for help that had gone out from the bringers of the light Oakwood division. And now such was the convergence of more and brighter light making its way from Rockaway Point, UK to Oakwood, USA. Yay, you guys. (laughs) Still not there yet, but almost, but getting there. So we've got a little background stuff going on about why Pinky and Meggie Pinkerton need the bringers of the light back up in Oakwood. Something they think is going on with the dark side and Claudius. Um, Count Mashar came back up again. Maggie came up again. So all of our bringers of the light friends. So if you are not a fan of the bringers of the light, well, you should be. Um, all those eBooks are now out on my you can get it on my Smashwords at my e-publisher. You can get them through all the e-book stuff. So Google Books, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble e-books, all that stuff. Um, or you can just, you know, if you've got nothing better to do on a Sunday afternoon, you could definitely set the intention to um, dive into the magical fairy ring with me. Scroll yourself back in the podcast. Or um, this is a pl- Bringers of the Light is a playlist in YouTube. And it's a playlist in Spotify. And just sit back and listen to some of those early stories. Get yourself back up to speed because it's all bringers of the light this month. So lots going on with inner child work this week. Um, Your first object, your first sacred object that's been activated could be bringing you more messages. And I definitely heard a lot of messages and metaphors coming up in this story, although I briefly pointed them out. But it's worth going back maybe and listening to that again if you missed some of them and see if your guides bring in anything else for you so that is it for now my friends thank you so much for listening the next thing we bring up in the podcast the next episode is going to be the after dark episode with claudius and the west end coven sometime next week so until then my friends i will see you all again in the next episode Thank you for listening. Take care. This episode has been brought to you by the Thunder Rose Ranch and Forest, a sacred place where the beings of light surrounding its etheric location are here to teach love to all humanity. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care.